Welcome to the Theology Mom Podcast, hosted by theologian Krista Bontrager. Each week, Krista provides practical teaching to help everyday Christians gain a deeper understanding of their faith. And now, here's Krista. Happy Monday, everyone. Thank you for joining me for this week's teaching. I am Krista Bontrager. I'm a theologian and public Christian apologist, and this is the channel where I offer teaching about the Bible as well as theological commentary on social issues. Basically, this is a fancy way of saying I talk about subjects that I think will help Christians grow in their faith. This is not the Christian Fluff channel, and uh, we are definitely not doing fluff today. I am excited to bring you a very intriguing conversation today. I've entitled it, Yes, You Can Memorize a Book of the Bible. We're going to see how this goes. I've asked my friend Amy Hall to come back on the podcast and talk to us about her Bible memory strategies. And if you have never heard of the lovely and gracious Amy Hall, I'm going to help you fix that today because Amy is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated Christian apologists of our time. She's like the utility player on the baseball team. She knows something about almost every topic related to the Bible and objections to the Christian faith. And I know you're going to enjoy getting to know her and uh, the conversation we're going to do today on Bible memory strategies. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, back when George Washington was alive, Okay, so maybe not quite that long ago, but I'm uh, well into my 50s now. Bible memory was a huge part of church culture. Uh, VBS back then wasn't so much about outreach as it is today, as it was focused on time for us as kids to spend memorizing massive amounts of scripture and winning amazing prizes for doing it. I feel like Bible memory has kind of fallen on some hard times in recent decades, which is something that has long troubled me. Um, When we're children, our brains are built to memorize large amounts of information, and it does become more challenging as we grow older. But what we memorize as children is often what stays with us as adults. Think of like the lyrics to songs when we were kids, like it could just take you right back there in a minute. And so my heart is very burdened to see what we might do to help enhance Bible memorization with our kids, sure, but also for ourselves as adults. I talk to many millennial-aged parents, and they actually have very little scripture committed to memory. And many of them who take my theology classes testify that even though they grew up in the church, They've never read the Bible all the way through, or there's massive amounts of the Bible that they, they've never read for themselves. They don't even really know about it. So I know Bible memory requires more effort when we're older. So I'm really looking forward to talking to Amy about some of her strategies. But another reason why this is so important to me and why I'm spending this time on my podcast talking about it is that one of my theories, and if you listen to this channel for any length of time, then you know I have theories about nearly everything is that many of the contributing factors to deconstruction, I think, is low biblical literacy. People, um, I think, start the deconstruction process away from the faith because it's actually a faith that they never really knew. Uh, When I talk to many of these people, some of them haven't really read big chunks of the Bible. They don't really even understand the Bible. And so this is why I give such a strong focus on our podcast and in my teaching to actual Bible reading, reading the Bible itself, not just books about the Bible. And today uh, we're going to be talking about Bible memorization, which I think is another component for us to consider. And that brings us to today's today's topic. Um, Something quite candidly, I don't really know that much about. Bible memorization. It's something I did a lot as a kid, but I have not really engaged in as an adult in a formal way. So I'm looking forward to learning along with all of you. 
And this is a pre-recorded conversation, but I will field questions during the premiere. So feel free to write those in the in the comments, the chat, um, if as you have them. And also make sure to like the stream, interact, make a comment, make sure you're subscribed. And as always, share this with a friend or family member that you think it could help. That is really the way that we help spread the word because um, the uh, the gods of, of technology are not always on our side as conservative Christians. So with that, let's bring on my friend, apologist from Stand to Reason, Amy Hall. Welcome. Thank you so much, Krista. What a great opening. You touched on so many important things there. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Well, it'll be fun to unpack some of those. And Amy, let's start with a little background. Um, I got inspired to do this because I saw you were doing a workshop at the Women in Apologetics Conference a couple months ago on this topic. And I thought, wow, what a wonderful topic. I'm curious, though, how did you get interested in the topic of Bible memory? So there were a few reasons why I started doing it. And uh, the first one, I used to say this was crazy, but it turns out it wasn't that crazy. And I'll explain why in a second. But I was inspired by the stories of people who were in concentration camps or they were in solitary confinement and they didn't have they didn't have any Bible. And then there would be in these stories somebody who would come in and who would actually have something memorized and they'd be able to contribute it. And I always thought, oh, I want to be that person. I want to have that ready to go in case I'm ever in a situation like that. And I actually, I used to say when I would teach people this, okay, that's a little crazy. I admit, I, I don't know why I had this motivation. But then I, when I was speaking at WE on this topic, there was someone there whose brother has a whole ministry teaching people how to do memorization. And I clicked on a video explaining why he does it. And he had actually ended up, I don't know if he was a missionary or whatever, but he had actually ended up in a prison in China where he didn't have a Bible. And that's what started him on this whole quest. So that was the first thing that motivated me. That's so the interesting second, because yeah. as I was writing my opening this morning, I almost included that in the opening. I, <laughs> and so that's really interesting to me. I didn't include it because I thought, well, that kind of sounds a little over the top. But like, right. why should we do this? Is because we might someday, someday find ourselves in a position where we might not have access to the scriptures. And uh, my friend George Roska, who was on the show a few weeks ago, his father was in prison in Romania for seven years under Charles. Oh, wow. And he was he's a pastor. And so, you know, we never know what can happen, you know, and... We live in a little bit of uncertain times and not to catastrophize things too much, but you just never know when you might not have access to scriptures. So, so interesting you bring that up. All right, go ahead. <laughs> well, and I'll say even if you're not in a prison or something, there are all sorts of times when you don't have a Bible with you. Yeah. Maybe even you're just sitting there and you're bored. You can start reading it in your mind. I mean, it's 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 very, it's a great thing to do. Yeah. The second reason was I had read a I had read a book by St. Patrick. Now, when I say St. Patrick, people are probably thinking, you know, Lucky Charms and Shamrocks. But he actually was a real person. And he he wasn't Irish. He was actually uh, from Britain. And he got captured by pirates. It's around, uh, I think, AD 400 or somewhere around there. And he was taken captive and he was made a slave in Ireland. And he was there for several years and while he was there, he became a Christian and he was praying and he he just spent all his time praying. And then he escaped, went back to Britain. He got a theological education and then he went back to Ireland as a missionary to the people who had enslaved him. And I I was so inspired by his story. I read his book. And when I'm reading his book, I kept seeing these little footnotes all the time. He would say these lines there would be these little footnotes to verse references. And it turns out that these verses were just coming out of him. They had become part of his language. And the beauty and the wisdom of the Bible was just overflowing out of him because he had taken so much of it in and it had become a part of him. And I just thought, that is who I want to be. I want to be that person who has so much of the Bible in me 
that it just flows out of me. And I have all that wisdom and that beauty to give to others, to know God better, to to glorify him. And so he was a huge influence on me. What a wonderful. And then I, yeah, yeah what, I, I love that. That's such a, a great inspiration. And, and I love how you said that of being, just having so much scripture in you that it becomes part of your language. That's, that's mm-hmm. a great word picture. And then the third reason is when you're actually memorizing a text, you have to understand it. You have to understand it in a way that you have never understood it before. Because in order to memorize, you have to you have to really get what's going on. You have to see how the uh, the argument goes from point A to point B. You see how all the parts fit together. You see it more as a whole. A lot of times, like you mentioned when you were a child, you were memorizing scripture. My guess is you were probably memorizing a verse here and a verse there. And that's great. You do learn a lot that way. But I'm finding now that there were so many verses that I didn't understand how they fit into the whole. And I'm not even talking about the main ones that we as apologists will say, hey, you're taking that out of context. I need a lot of them where I'm seeing now the nuances and and how each little sentence fits into the larger whole. So when you're memorizing a larger portion, you have to you can't, well, you can't help but see the all those connections. And then you'll also need to think really deeply about it and constantly think really deeply about it. So it 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 gets into you in a way that it that doesn't happen if you're just reading through it, even if you're just reading through it multiple times. There's something about thinking about it and learning it from start to finish that it changes you and it causes you to worship. You know, I read an article about a guy, his name was John Bassinger, and he had memorized all of Paradise Lost, which is has something like 60,000 lines. <laughs> it's a poem. And what he said is that the experience of doing this was like carrying around a cathedral in your mind. And it's, he said it was a place that he could enter into at will and walk around and see. And I thought that was just a spot on explanation of what it's like to do this kind of memory where you get an entire book of the Bible into your head. Because remember, his book is not even an inspired book. So imagine if you had an inspired book of the Bible in your mind that you could walk around and see at will and just experience the majesty of it and letting it change you. And so it's it's this desire to have the, the text deeply understood and deeply part of me. That was the third reason why I I started doing this. That's wonderful. I love the the picture there, what you're saying in the end, just did that the the words so inhabit you that you can just kind of walk around and and be in them in a way that is just a different experience than reading them on the page. It mm-hmm. adds a different level to to understanding the scriptures. Now I, I'm curious, um, who is this? method for like our because i because like i said in my opening you know adults it can be a little bit more challenging for us to memorize scripture what we're what you're going to share with us today is this something designed for adults is it for kids talk to us a little bit about about that well what i'm going to give you i have some very general simple tips to get you started and um, I, I don't think there's any age limit. I don't think, I mean, I guess if you're really small and you can't uh, maybe make sense of a larger text, it would be a little bit harder for you. But um, but I'm not sure. Like, you can let me know at the end. I'm curious to see because I don't have kids, so I'm not sure how young that someone <laughs> could okay. do this. But, but what I really want to emphasize is that that you can do this. If there's two things I want to convince the people who are watching this, I want to convince you to want to do this, but I also want to convince you that you can do it. Because as I mentioned, the John Bassinger, that I, who I just mentioned, they actually did tests on his memory and they found that there was nothing special about his memory. He was just a normal guy. So all you need to do is you need to be faithful, you need to be disciplined, and as you put a little bit of time in every day over the years, this will increase so exponentially and it is so worth it. And it 
this is important because we want to know God. You know, I love the Bible, but the reason I love the Bible is because I love God. And so when we are learning the Bible, it's not just for the sake of having information. The information is about our God and we want to know him. And we also want to conform our minds to the truth. So as we are doing all of this, we are actually shaping our minds. We're counteracting all the things in the culture because the culture is trying to conform us to its image. And it's really hard to resist that kind of, uh, of pressure, that cultural pressure. But if you are constantly letting the God's inspired word reshape your mind, this will, I mean, obviously this is what we want to have happen. We want to be conformed to the image of Christ and we want to know him. And so that's why this is important and you can do it. I, I guarantee you, you can do it. That's really good. So it these tips can help us, you know, even at my age, even if in our 50s, we, we can do it. There's hope. It's not it's not just for children or teenagers. So no, that that's I'm really going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It is a little harder now. Yeah, because <laughs> I started doing this, I don't know, 15 or 20 years ago. And it is a little harder, but it's just you just don't just don't stop. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's impossible. Yeah. But it does mean if you can't start earlier, start earlier. Start earlier. Okay, good. So for some of the moms uh, and about, honestly, about 75% of my listeners are women. A lot of them are moms. A lot of them are homeschoolers. So this might be something that people can take, have some takeaways, you know, into their, into that context as well. All right. So what about getting ready? Is there anything I need to do to get ready? to to do a Bible memory? So the first thing, obviously, that we need to do is pick a book to memorize. And you don't have to start out having your goal be an entire book. You could just pick a, you know, maybe three or four chapters. I would make it a longer amount that your goal is, you know, heading towards. But you know, it doesn't have to be an entire book if you're too intimidated. I want you to start. You can always add on more later. Yeah. But the the key is add a book or pick a book that you want to memorize. So maybe there's a passage that is really meaningful to you, or maybe there's a passage you, you know, a section you've already memorized and you want to kind of fill that out and learn the whole section there. Uh, so pick a book that you want to memorize. But I recommend if you're just starting out that you not choose narrative or proverbs. And the reason why I say that is when you are memorizing a an epistle, what you have is a, a train of thought that goes from beginning to end. So there's kind of a, there's a logical, one sentence follows logically from the previous sentence. So it's a lot easier to remember what comes next. Whereas in a narrative, things are changing all the time and there's no, there's not necessarily a reason why it's moving from one thing to the next. It's just a lot harder to remember the order of things. And the same thing with Proverbs, obviously. Proverbs are, um, you know, s- discrete thoughts. And so trying to put those all together um, is difficult. I- ironically, that is actually what I first started with because somebody had told me that they knew someone who had memorized all of Proverbs. And that's the first time I even thought something like that was possible. So I actually started off with that and did a, a couple chapters, but then I moved on to Second Timothy. Uh, and it is it is much easier. So if you're starting off, I recommend you do that. Psalms might be a little difficult too. And it doesn't mean these things are impossible. It just means I would get the habit going first. So that is the first thing that you need to do. So picking picking like a kind of a, we can start with a chunk that maybe right. we already have some familiar with, we like it, and starting with something we know rather than jumping into Leviticus. Um, <laughs> Uh, right. Un- unless, you know, Leviticus is your life verse, then, you know, go do you. That's great. But maybe we're going to start in Ephesians or something. I think right. I, I had a friend at church a few years ago. She memorized the whole book of Ephesians with her kids. I thought, that's impossible. How can you do that? But this this is encouraging me. Start with something you know. I've read Ephesians through a lot. I've taught through it several times. 
maybe that might be a good place for me to start. So, all right, go ahead. Yeah, and I, I'd, I'd be happy to give some recommendations at the end if, if you're interested in hearing some of yeah. that. But, um, okay, so I have three more things. The okay. second thing, it's, this is the important thing to remember. This is all about developing a habit, okay? A habit is something that will propel you along because if you are, are um, if you have something already going, you have a groove, you just automatically do it, it's it's so much easier. So in order to develop a habit, what you need to do is pick two triggers. And by um, and these triggers are going to tie your memorization to some other habit you already have in your life that you automatically do every day. So, for example, it could be getting ready in the morning. It could be um, making breakfast or a meal or changing a diaper or taking the dog out on a walk or getting in the car. This is something that you do every single day that you can tie your new habit to that will help you remember to do the new habit and create the new habit. So what you do is, for example, um, uh, well, let me just say first, you you need one trigger for memorizing. So you're going to learn you know, one or two verses a day, you need a trigger for memorizing. So for example, you might want to put the verses on your mirror and 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 do that when you get up or when you first wake up. That's another thing. Just think of your life. Think of things that you do every day that you can tie this to. The second trigger will be for review. Now, I have had in the past, uh, the trigger for review has been getting in my car because I do a lot of driving. I live in LA. And so when I got in the car, then um, I would just review whatever chapters I was currently learning. Now, COVID really threw me off in this because I stopped driving for a long time. And so I'm kind of struggling developing the review habit again. Uh, But you just have to think of something you do every day that you can tie your memorization to and tie your, your review to. So the trigger is something you already do like right. I brush my teeth. I already have my routine that after breakfast, I go upstairs, I brush my teeth. Doing that activity is my trigger. Oh, yeah, now I'm doing this new thing of working on the Bible memorization or the review. Right. So that's the trigger. And it could be that, for example, review, let's say your review is brushing your teeth. It could be you start it then. And it will go longer. And that's okay. You just need the start time. You need the trigger to get you to start doing the new habit. Okay. This is really, really helpful. And it will help you to, you know, develop this habit, you know, fairly quickly if you're faithful to it. And then the fourth suggestion would be that you find someone to do it with you. I've actually had people tell me that they started small groups in their church where they memorized Ephesians and uh, they all did it together. And you don't have to have a whole giant group of people, but maybe you can find one person and you might even do different passages of scripture. You don't have to do the same thing, but maybe you could just check and say, how's it going or how much have you done and keep people on track. Now, that one's not absolutely necessary, but I think it helps, especially when you're trying to develop a, a new habit. Very good. I, I like that. And it's almost like having a memory buddy. In, that we're right, yeah. That we're gonna be in it together. That that's really good. Um, now, what about Bible translations? I have opinions about Bible translations. I'm sure you, as an apologist, have opinions. Mm-hmm. Help us think about which translation of the Bible we might choose to to use as a foundation for our memory work. Well, okay. I this one's a little bit tricky because what I would say is. You are best off choosing not just a Bible translation, but a Bible that you are going to use for the next 20 years uh, for your reading, for your memorization. I, And that's because the more you read the same one and you're looking at the same page, the better you will be at uh, recall. So in terms of which one you should do... Um, I, I hate to give really hard and fast recommendations just because I want you to to memorize the one that you read the most. Um, now, I personally, I use the NASB, 
And that's the one I used at when I was uh, getting my apologetics degree. So that's kind of what I stuck with. I almost switched to ESV at one point, but their font was too small for me. So now I'm locked in on NASB because it's just, it's too late for me. I've already done too much in this. And so whatever you do choose, I, I think ESV, NASB, um, I've heard the Legacy Standard Bible is really good. These are all a little more uh, uh, literal, more word for uh, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as I would encourage parents. Um, I, do, I think I have a, a short video on my YouTube channel about Bible translations when it comes to kids and kids' Bibles and some thoughts about that. But, you know, keep in mind that the child doesn't have to understand every jot and tittle of what they're memorizing, is, but you do want to have them memorize something that, um, you know, that's going to stay with them for the rest of their lives. So you don't necessarily want them to memorize, like, the New International Reader's version, um, and that that's what they're going to commit to memory. I would That is a great point. You know, I would encourage them encourage parents to consider, like Amy is saying, you know, NASB, ESV, Legacy, maybe NIV, um, because the child is going to grow and they will grow into their understanding of the passage um, and, and take that with them. So don't get trapped into thinking that you have to so simplify what the child is memorizing so that they understand every word. You're giving them a gift that they're going to unpack as they grow in their life. And so don't be afraid um, if they don't understand every word or every concept. They will grow into it over time. Give them something that is robust enough that can carry them through life's ups and downs. I think that is great point, Krista. That is a really good point. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Hi, this is Ike Reeder, president of Birmingham Theological Seminary. I am so excited to tell you about an incredible opportunity that we have here at BTS. BTS has long been committed to theology and the public square. And one of the most wonderful and amazing programs that we have is our Doctor of Ministry program for students that have already completed graduate degrees in theology in apologetics. And this apologetics program, there is a deadline for August 15th in order to apply for this program. So we want to make sure that you know about it. This apologetics program really is a fantastic world-class program. Not only do we highlight the philosophical foundations necessary to engage in theology in the public square, but we also highlight issues of Christ and culture, moral theology, even how to build your own apologetic ministry. In addition, BTS is the most affordable program on the market at $200 per credit hour. But even though we're that affordable, we bring you a world-class faculty of thinkers and theologians that have been committed to lifelong ministry in the apologetics field. This program is fully available online with classes that meet via Zoom on a weekly basis, but you have to act fast because as I said at the beginning, the deadline for applications is August 15th and we have two spots left to run this apologetic cohort. We would love to see you as part of the BTS program as we help you on your journey to serve Jesus Christ. All right, so start to walk us through some of your your strategies for, for Bible memory. Okay, so this one actually follows really well after what you just said. The first one is make a photocopy of what you're memorizing from your Bible and then Okay, here's an example. Here's mine. Now, people make fun of me because my Bible's small. <laughs> but here's, I, I made a copy of this, and I take this with me. Um, I keep it with me all the time if I'm going on a walk or whatever. And uh, and I use this to memorize. And there, there are different reasons for this. First of all, as you're looking at your verse and you're trying to memorize it for the day, 
you're seeing it in the context of the entire passage. So you're always seeing it in the context of the greater whole. Secondly, as you are looking at it on the page in your Bible, you will remember it a lot better because you're always looking at it in the same place. Uh, and that spatial memory will help you with it. If you're trying to do it on your phone, the phones just scroll. And so it's always in a different place. You, it, you're not getting that extra help with your memory. So looking at it at your Bible is great. Finally, later on, you know, you might not remember everything word for word later on, but you will remember where it is on the page. You can get directly to it in your Bible when you need to. So I have found that this, this uh, photocopy method is really, really helpful. So that is my first tip. Um, and I'm going to have seven for you. So uh, the second one is go slow and steady. So you only want to memorize one or two verses a day. I promise you there will be days when you will be on fire and you'll think, oh, I'm going to learn five verses today. Resist that temptation because what happens is then as you're reviewing, you start to struggle, you get overwhelmed, and it just it makes you discouraged. So just keep yourself to one or two verses a day and stick to that. Do not go over that. Just be slow and steady. So the next thing is you, you've got your photocopy, you're, you're doing this slow and steady. Um, next, you need to review. And we already talked about that. We talked about getting a trigger so that you review everything you've learned every day uh, in that book or in, a, you know, a few chapters of that book. Because if it's a longer book, you can't always review everything every day. Uh, some, one thing I've done in the past is I'll do maybe three chapters, one, two, three, one day, and then two, three, four the next day, and then four, five, six the next day. So you can adjust it. Uh, you, you might not have time to talk for 30 minutes to review something. So um, you need to review, though. So now let me ask fourth? you, uh, yeah. let me ask you a couple questions here. Um, sure. That are coming to my mind. So when you're working on your one or two verses a day, which sounds frightening to me, if I'm honest, um, do you do that? Like, do you say them out loud? Do you just keep saying that one or two verses over and over? Um do okay. You, do you do it like so, 10 times? Like, I, what what does that look like for you? Okay. So that part, and part of these are going to be some of the tips, but there are various um, ways people have come up with to help you specifically memorize uh, a verse. And so that's something you can play with. These tips are very general and you might find that certain things help you or uh, make it better for you. And that's that's fine. You don't have to be stuck doing this exactly how I do it. It's just a place to get started and to uh, a platform to get going. But the way I do it is I will look at, uh, you know, the verse. I'll say it. I'll have it in front of me. I'll look up. I'll say it. I'll look up. I'll say it. Um, and so I say it also in context with what I've learned before. And you'll be surprised that uh, as you are going over and over that how much the context helps you. So um, so my next tip would be, and it goes along with this, yes, say it out loud. Because you're when you say it out loud, you're also hearing it. You're feeling it in your body and Adding all of these ways of experiencing the text will help you to memorize. So you do want to say it out loud. Okay, my next tip is, and this this is key. I think maybe this will answer your main question, Krista. What you need to do as you're reading this text and as you're memorizing it, don't just say it robotically. You're not just uh, just saying words. That actually makes it harder to memorize. What you want to do is put yourself into the book and you want to say it the way that the author would have said it to his audience. You want to try to communicate meaning. And this is actually one of the strategies that John Bassinger, who I mentioned earlier, that he used to memorize. He was he was trying to communicate the meaning that was underlying the words and getting into that meaning and getting into that story uh, helped him to memorize. 
I actually, many years ago, I, it was probably 25 years ago, I was at a missions conference and there was a man there who performed all of Luke. And that's what, he, and this is exactly what he did. He put himself into the story as an actor and he was saying things in a meaningful way and communicating meaning. And that is part of why I started doing that before I even heard about John Bassinger. And I found that it really, really helps. So for example, um, I'm, I'm working on Romans 7 right now. So here's how I might say uh, the beginning of, of Romans 7. Or do you not know, brethren, for I'm speaking to those who know the law, that the law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives. For the married woman is bound by law to her husband while he's living. But if her husband dies, she's released from the law concerning her husband. So then, if while her husband is living, she's joined to another law, or to, an, to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law so that she's not an adulteress, though she's joined to another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ, so that you might be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that you might bear fruit for God. So as I'm doing this, I'm, I'm saying it in a meaningful way. I have my, my passage here, my little uh, photocopy, and I'm looking down periodically in case, you know, if I have a question about a word or whatever, because I'm trying to do it word for word. So as you have it in front of you, as you practice saying it out loud in a meaningful way, that's basically how I do it. Now, there are people who have other recommendations. Um, there, there might be other tricks to memorizing, but I think communicating the meaning is absolutely the key to doing this. So you're, you're, you're trying to kind of enter into the text, even through your voice inflection, almost right. as if you were reading for a book on tape. You don't want to just read the scriptures robotically you want exactly wanna, or if you were telling your child a story you're reading them a story you don't just read it like a robot you're doing things with your voice that connects with the words themselves and so right that, that's what i hear you and, and the recitation was helpful it helps me kind of enter in and understand you know what you're doing there and, and you'll notice if you are going to read it this way, you have to understand it. So you're going to have to struggle with if you have questions like, I don't understand what this means. You're really going to have to think about it. You have to think carefully about it. You're not just saying sounds. This is how you you think really deeply about what the text says. And this is how it gets into you. This is how you start to see the connections from the beginning of the book to the end of the book. So um that that's absolutely key. Um, now, there might be times when you come to a verse that's really difficult for whatever reason. I don't always know why one verse won't stick in my mind. And in that case, you might want to say something rhythmically or add hand motions. Um, I do that a lot, actually. Um, or you, uh, you know, maybe a sing song way. There, there, there are times when you might need to do that to get the verse memorized. And then you can move later into saying it in a more natural way. And that's that's fine. And again, if you find some, something else works for you, that's that's great. But you want to get to a point where you do understand the meaning and you are communicating the meaning. Um, another tip, and this one is going to sound a little bit weird, but I found that when I'm walking, I actually have an easier time memorizing. Don't know why that is. I'm not sure. <laughs> But for whatever reason, when I am out on a walk, I can actually memorize more quickly than when I'm just sitting down. Now, if that works for you, what you could do is go out once a week and memorize several verses. And then for the week, just review those, all the verses for the week. Um, so if that works for you, great. Uh, try that. That's and really let's interesting. See. I, I, yeah. I wonder if there's any um, people out there, some neuro neurology oriented people because um i know that when monique and i were early in her journey and working through her ptsd the thing that they recommended to her for treatment was walking and we were always walking and there's something very restorative and reparative about walking 
and the left-right brain stimulation um, that can help the brain. It seems to stimulate the brain. And so I'm wondering if maybe that's somehow connected to it. Uh, Probably. If anyone writes into me and tells me why that is, I'll let you know, Amy. I would love to know. Yeah. But it, it works. Try it. It actually makes uh, sense to me. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my last tip, and this one you might not be able to do uh, because, I mean, depending on how long your book is, but if you can read your the entire book that you're memorizing once a day, this will really help you. And this this does a few different things. First, you have the the uh, entire context in front of you every day. And secondly, as you're going, you're kind of correcting. Maybe you've been missing a word here and there, and you'll be correcting it as you go. And it just it just familiarizes you with the text. So you're you're prepared for what's coming. You're reminded of what you've already done. And so it's very helpful. Now, you might not have time for this, so maybe you could do uh, three or four chapters a day. That really actually doesn't take very long, and it is worth it. Uh, there was a man named James Gray who came up with a system of knowing your Bible, where he was saying, you just read the, the book over and over and over for a certain period of time. It might be every day for a month. It might be several times in a day. But what happens is that helps you get the meaning of the whole kind of to get it to soak into you. And so I kind of combined that idea with the idea of memorizing. And I think the two really help each other. That's really good because it it fits with how I teach um, how to interpret the Bible is one of the most basic steps that I teach people is they have to read the book multiple times as mm -hmm. we're studying it. And it really... Um, starts to develop almost like an outline in your mind of there's this movement and taking Ephesians, for example, well, chapters one to three are about our salvation and our position in Christ and outside of Christ. And then when you get to the top of chapter four, it's like the hinge point, um, but now walk in this way. And then he's switching from justification to sanctification you know now here's how we live and that little outline that's created in your mind as you read it over and over i can i can see how that would help with memorization yes. as well that just kind of all fits together exactly you you're seeing where you're going you have an, an an idea already and then when you're filling in the words it's just so much easier that way so yeah. yes exactly now, do you have any recommendations since we've mentioned Ephesians a couple of times? What what book or books <laughs> might be good to start with? Like, should I start with Third John because it's nice and short? Like, where do where do I start? You could start with Third John. <laughs> um, it's maybe not as interesting as yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's okay to say. <laughs> um, so I, I I do have a few recommendations, and I'll start with the shorter ones and move up to the longer ones. The first one is Jude. Okay. It's only one chapter. You can have an entire book of the Bible memorized if you start with Jude. So that's first possibility. The second one, moving up a little more, is exactly what you said. I, I had down here Ephesians 1 through 3, and and I even made the point, Krista, you're so way ahead of me. <laughs> I even made the point that what Paul does here is he starts off with the theology, and he's talking about uh, the love of God his grace, our salvation. And these are fantastic things to be thinking about over and over and over for a period of months. Yeah. So if you wanted to do Ephesians 1 through 3 and just make that your goal for now, and then later on you could add the last three chapters. I've only done the first three. I need to go back at some point and do the last three. But that's a great one to do. Colossians. Now this is four chapters. So we're getting a little bit longer here. This one really focuses on who Jesus is. So if you want to think about Jesus' beauty and his sufficiency and, uh, you know, for a little bit longer, for four chapters, then Colossians is an idea there. And also, if you if you want to think about Jesus, another great passage would be Hebrews 7 through 10. And this one talks about his sacrifice and it talks about how he's the fulfillment of the Old Testament sacrificial system. And that's another great passage I really love. And then going a, a little bit bigger, I highly, highly, and I've been telling people this for the last year, 
I highly recommend you memorize First Peter. And this book is five chapters. It's a little bit more ambitious. But the reason why I say First Peter is because this book is so relevant to our cultural situation right now. Now, if you remember, when Peter denies Jesus, right, right before he does that, Jesus says, hey, Peter, you're going to deny me. And when you come back, I want you to strengthen your brothers. And I think that's what this book is. Here, this is Peter after having denied Jesus and betrayed. Well, yeah, he denied him. I don't know if I would say he betrayed him, but he denied him. And he did it because of fear and a fear of persecution. And so what he talks about in 1 Peter 5 is he's strengthening us to, um, to continue to be faithful, uh, in, even in the face of being maligned and being mocked and, and, and suffering. And so it is just, it's, if, if you want to think about how and why to stay faithful, then I would go with uh, 1 Peter. And again, I would, I would avoid at first narrative or proverbs just because it's harder to remember what comes next. Okay. Now, I'm wondering about discouragement. Um, because when I teach, one of the things I like to teach on is getting people started with a Bible reading plan. And I really feel like daily Bible reading is just a habit, like brushing your teeth, like you need to get in some kind of rhythm for Bible reading plan. But discouragement happens, life event happens, we get off course, we go on vacation for three weeks, whatever. So you have to have kind of a plan to come back. And I'm I'm imagining the Bible memory is a little bit the same. You can have periods where life happens. You have to overcome discouragement or get back on the wagon when we've fallen out of the rhythm. How do we do that? Yeah, um, I, ha- I have two recommendations for this. And the first one is, if you find that for some reason this book or this passage that you're memorizing is starting to become a chore that you're avoiding, then I would say go ahead and switch to a different book. And that sometimes starting something new can kind of reinvigorate you. You can always go back. Now, I have done this many times. So I've, I'm working on Romans. I'm almost done with chapter eight. But I've done that over a period of, I don't know, probably 10 years. So I'll do a few chapters and then I do a different book and then I come back. And then I kind of review and I catch up and I do the next couple chapters. So it's okay to leave what you're doing and come back. You don't you don't have to force it. Um, and before I forget, before I give you the second one, before I forget, I want to respond to something you said, Krista, because I think you're... It's, it's so important because um, you were talking about making Bible reading a daily habit like brushing your teeth. And I, you know, I've said a couple of times, maybe you don't have time for this or you don't have time for that. There, that only goes to a certain point. We have to prioritize certain things. And it's, it is as necessary as brushing your teeth. We have, a, we have a spiritual needs. Uh, we need to... Uh, read his word. We need to pray. We need to do things like memorize as much as we need to eat or we will starve. And we need to understand that reality and we need to make these things a priority. These aren't just, oh, someday if I have time, then I'll start a Bible reading habit. That That's, that's not going to cut it. This is necessary. This is valuable. And so what I hope is that I've convinced you of the value and the necessity of this. So that's just a little aside. Um, let me go back to uh, tips for discouragement. No, that was I'm glad you said that because I I totally agree, and and I think that you know just if we have time, you know, for other things, it, time is really what you make of it, and we can't expect our. This is my thing with Bible reading, and I'm imagining with Bible memory too. Is like. It's important to set a positive example. We can't expect that our children are going to grow up and have a Bible reading habit or a Bible memory habit if we haven't led them through that mm-hmm. and we haven't displayed it for them. It's, nothing's magical is going to happen when they're 18 and an adult. And, oh, I think I'll suddenly start a Bible reading habit. Like, we have to help them be in that 
all along. And part of that involves us doing it too. So yeah, I'm totally with you on on that. All right, we can come back to discouragement. All right. Okay. So my second point, and I think this is really key. I think this has really helped people. And it's this. Don't put the pressure on yourself to remember every single thing you've learned forever. If you are trying to keep in your mind five different books at once, then you can easily get overwhelmed. Now, I know there are some people who do have all these methods of going back and reviewing. And I mean, that's great. If you can do that, that's that's fantastic. But what I want to do is take that pressure off you. Because as you're memorizing, what you're doing is you're taking in the meaning and the meaning will stay with you. You're going to remember where it is in the Bible. You're going to remember the ideas. You're going to be able to go straight to it and explain the passage. Even if you don't, you know, next year, let's say you can't say this book word for word anymore. That's okay. Still have the meaning. And in fact, you can go back, you can re-memorize it another time and you can do it all over again. It'll be way easier the second time. I've done this before. Um, But the key is do not put the pressure on yourself to have them all foremost in your mind forever because you will give up. Um, Now, one thing to remember is that you, you're not going to run out of space in your brain. So as you're adding one verse, one verse, you can go on and do that forever. And uh, just don't expect that, you, you know, five years from now, you're going to have everything word for word. So hopefully that helps. It just no, takes was, a little bit of pressure. Yeah, that was good because that was actually my husband's question as we've been taping. He um, muted my microphone at one point when you were speaking, and that was his exact question is, does this stay with her, you know, as freshly all the time? But I think you've addressed that, that, you know, sometimes you might come back to it a few years later. It's not fresh, but you can always redo it and it'll be a lot easier. But that the meaning of it, I think you're making such a great point there. It gets into your soul. It it, it mm-hmm. gets into building you up. And, you know, daily habits are... It's like going to the gym, you know, you just, you you gotta, you gotta do it. And you don't always see the same results every day. Some days you have a great day and other days you're just slogging through it. But there is this cumulative effect over time. And, and Mm -hmm. I think it's the same when we're developing our soul, that there's this cumulative effect as a result of daily obedience. That, that's kind of what I hear you saying and all that. Yes, that is exactly right. You are putting deposits into your spiritual bank account that will add up. And there are passages I could still do word for word from various books. Um, I might not know exactly, you know, what comes next or what section comes next. But when I go back and I re-memorize it, I it, I can pick it up really quickly. It's all still there, even if you can't do it um, all on your own. And again, if you've got these little photocopies, you can look down occasionally, but even as you're you're um, you're saying it and you're trying to remember it, even if you have to look down every once in a while, it just hits you differently than if you were just reading it because you're actually engaging in it. You're putting yourself in it. You're 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 just engaging the text in a different way. Very good. So, do you do you do anything once you've memorized a book? Do you have a celebration? Do you have a party? Do you use recite Ezekiel for all your friends and family? Like, do you do, you do anything at, at the end? Well, um, a lot of times I will pick a reward. It could be, it could be anything you want. Um, just, just pick a reward that motivates you. Like I said, there were, there are people have contacted me before and said they started small groups where they've done it. And at the end, they have this big time when everybody says the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there are all sorts of different ways, but I, I think it is a good idea to reward yourself to come up with something that you're working towards. And depending on how long the book is, you could make it a a big reward. You know, a, a, a five chapter book that could take, you know, that could take six months to a year. I mean, it just depends on how you're doing. But um, yeah, just have a reward in mind. You might want to, if you have somebody you're doing it with, you guys could recite it to each other. It just depends on whatever motivates you. Very good. Well, this has been so helpful, Amy. Thanks for coming on and talking to us about this. I 
and I I feel so inspired and you know I really I feel like I know where a lot of things are in the Bible simply because of living my whole adult life teaching through scripture so I kind of know when somebody asks me well where is this verse or where is that I kind of know the roadmap and I know the location but maybe Bible memory would be another way of just kind of going even deeper for me into the scriptures so I really appreciate this conversation and just highlighting how important this is to us. I I just hope. I mean that I I'm so glad to hear you're inspired because that is what I want to do because this is this has been amazing uh for me. It is so worth it. I feel like I the passages that I've learned I know in such a different way. It's a, in, in a in a more intimate way and um um, and they do come to me when I'm when I'm talking to people about different subjects. And it, I know this is, you know, God's providence. But a lot of times, whatever I am actually studying at the time and memorizing will come up. People will ask a question and it'll be exactly what I've been meditating on. And and this is how this is how God shapes us. This is how we come to know him better. There are just so many rewards to this. And you can do it. You can do it. So hopefully I've convinced everyone to want to do it and that they can do it. Very good. Tell us how people can stay connected to you and the work that you do at Stand to Reason. So I work for Stand to Reason. Um, we've been around for 30 years. This is our 30th anniversary now. I haven't been there that long. I think this is my 16th year there. And what I do here um, is I do a lot of writing. I do editing. I, I do a podcast with Greg Kokel called Hashtag STR Ask. That's all one word. And for that podcast, people send in questions and we just answer, you know, two or three questions in a 20-minute episode. It's twice a week. So I would love it if you would all listen. That would be great. Um, so I, I, I love answering questions. I, I love helping people know God better. I love trying to explain to people various theological ideas that are troubling to them because I I want people to know God. I mean, that is the bottom line. I want everything I do to make people look at him and see him and know him and love him and serve him. So that is what I do at Stand to Reason. Uh, you can find us at str.org. You can find our articles. You can find our videos, our podcasts. We've got tons of resources there. We've talked about tons of topics over the last 30 years. And it's all there for you. And uh, we'd love to have you join us there. Very good. And people can follow you guys on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all of those mm -hmm. places, as well as your colleagues. So thank you so much, Amy, uh, for joining me. Thank you, Krista. All right. With that, um, I want to say thank you for watching. I hope you found this helpful. I hope you found it as inspiring as I have found it and really um, wanting to work on Bible memory in a way I've never had a plan. I've never had a thought about it. And now I feel like, oh, I kind of have the picture of what this can be. I remember once when I was in the hospital uh, having our second child and uh, it was a very dark moment for me. It was about two in the morning and doctors were telling me that, uh, you know, the, the future looked a little little grim for me, a little shaky. And I had a, a three-day-year-old or a three-day-old baby and a three-year-old baby at home. And I was just struggling. And I remember in that moment having the thought that I am so glad that I am grounded in my faith in this moment. This is not the time to try to work through the problem of pain, evil, and suffering when I'm in the basement at Whittier Presbyterian Hospital. And um, you just never know when you're going to be in that moment when you need a firm foundation for your faith. You need something to lay hold of. And planning ahead with something like memorizing scripture, getting it truly in your soul and in your heart, like Amy said, I have no doubt that the Holy Spirit will bring those things to your remembrance in times when you really need them. And so there is a, an element of what we've been talking about today 
planning ahead for, you know, God knows the future and he's in control of all things. But preparing our soul and doing some of that work, just like going to the gym, planning ahead helps us in those crisis moments. It can really be something to solidify and shore up our soul. I hope we've inspired you today to think about how you can dig deeper into the scriptures and draw closer to Jesus and grow stronger in your faith. Thank you so much for watching. God bless. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe to the Theology Mom podcast and add your review. You can also follow Krista at Theology Mom on Facebook and YouTube. Join Krista for more theology adventures on the All The Things Show, co-hosted with Monique Dusan. Thanks for listening.